Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Mohaned El-Shiki. Mohaned is a hilarious comedian living out in New York right now, originally from Libya. Uh, he's also on the TV show uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. He's a digital producer for that show, and that's an awesome, successful show. Uh, guys, uh, please uh, check me out, uh, www.newerkidwai.com or at newerkidwai on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to be doing some shows again. Uh, they're finally uh, pouring back in. Uh, if you are in Calgary, I'm here for the next month, and uh, September 26th, I'm doing a big theater show out here in Calgary where I'm getting some of the best comics in Calgary, and we're going to throw together an amazing show, and uh, if you're in Calgary, come check it out. There's not going to be much else going on. It's at the Plaza Theater. It'll be so much fun. Uh, also, guys, uh, yeah, please check me out on social media because I'll be coming back to Toronto and uh, all around the country hopefully soon. Guys, let's get to this week's episode. Mahanad El Shiki. Now, welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. Today, my guest is Mahanad El Shiki. Uh, he's a comedian and uh, living out in New York. Uh, thanks for joining me, Mahanad. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Oh, dude, I'm uh, excited to have you on the show. Um, maybe just for my guests, if you want to give like maybe a little quick background of uh, who you are, where you come from. Yeah. So yeah, Mahanad El Shiki. I'm a I'm a comedian. I, I do live in New York now, but I haven't lived here my whole life. I've I've lived in Portland for the past six years, Portland, Oregon. Uh, before that, I was I was in Libya. Uh, that's that's where I was born and raised. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't move here in, into the U.S. until like maybe 2014. You know, I was I was like 22, 23 then. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's an interesting move, man. Uh, like, so tell us a little bit about Libya. Like, what do you remember growing up there as like a child and stuff? Like, what kind of memories like always pop out to you? Like, when you look back at it, man, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was pretty like as a child, it was like very low key. You know, it was just like, I mean, what I remember from it is just is just what I like. I guess what every child remembers, you yeah, know, of just because like because a lot of like. Like I mean, a lot of the assumptions are like, okay, like like Libya was like for like the longest time was like a like a, a dictatorship, and but as a child that does, that doesn't really that doesn't really matter, you know, because you're just like like because like a lot of people ask me like, what about like freedom of speech and all of them? Like I'm like I was a child, I have no idea. Like I, I wasn't really <laughs> I wasn't really lacking anything, you know. Like I was just watching cartoons, playing soccer, like. Just hanging out with friends and like going to the beach. I was like spent most of my childhood at the beach. That's that's what I remember the most. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's 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 a it's a coastal city that I lived in. The beach was like five minutes away. And that was uh, in Benghazi, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I spent like I spent every summer uh, just scuba diving, swimming, fishing. That's that was my whole. When I was not in school, I was I was there at the beach. It was just like. We spent like months there. Like you no, know, we we don't really like we we had like a small like like a small house by the beach that we went to. That was like kind of like a, a small summer house, like a, a one be- like a one bedroom. Uh, so we just like go there, me and my family, like spend the whole summer there. 
like, and we don't go back to the city until like we're back to school. And that was like, that was like my every summer. Okay. Uh, yeah, like like all the way up to like I would say high school. Oh, that's awesome. Um, like, did yeah, your, yeah. did your family ever come down to America? Or are they still uh, in Libya? No, they're in Libya. I mean, like my my mom came here in 2015 for a visit. Like just like spend like a month maybe, uh, but yeah, I I haven't seen them since since 2014 since I left. Oh damn, man, that's uh, yeah, that must be kind of hard, eh? It it is it is hard, but I mean, it is what it is, you know. What what can you do? Yeah. Um. So like when you were growing up and stuff, uh, and like uh, before you even moved to America, like did you have like an idea of what America was just from like maybe just from the culture or for television or whatever? Yeah, I mean like. Everything I've watched on TV growing up was like was produced in the US, you know, like like the sitcoms, the TV shows, the cartoons, everything was like all like based in like based based in the US. And I, I feel like I had like like it's it's funny because like when I talk to friends here and like they mention something and, they, and then they like something they they've watched growing up and then they start to like they want to like explain it to me. I'm like I've I've watched that shit, you know. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. Uh, like, what was your like, favorite like, show then? Like, American show when growing up? Did you have one? Man, I, I, I've, I've watched so much. Like, I've, like, I've watched like everything on Disney. That was like my main thing. Like, oh yeah. Every so, like, Boy Meets World. Like, uh, ah, that was one uh, of my <laughs> Yeah, that's like, that, yeah, that's a show. I like, like even like that. Well, what is that Tim Allen show? Uh, the improvement. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've watched so much of that. And then obviously, like, when, like, in 2007, 2008, like, when, when I got, like, more into, like, the internet and stuff, and, like, YouTube, like, was a thing back then. Like, I feel I feel like that's when, I don't know, I don't know if YouTube was, like, started, like, in 2008, 2007, I can't remember, or, or maybe before that. At least that's where I remember, like, getting into it. And, yeah, I feel like that's what, like, gave me like more exposure to to US culture because like there was a lot of like like homemade videos and like so you get to really see the people versus just like what you see on uh, versus what you see on TV uh, so yeah I feel like I I really had like a like a I knew so much before 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 I moved here especially like from watching stand-up comedy and like and all of that uh, so and it helped a lot because like when I when I first moved to the U.S. I didn't really have that like whole like like American dream kind of thing uh, that people have or like expecting like things that are gonna be like really good here. I was just like, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's you just kind of like taking it day by day when you came here, kind of thing. Yeah, just taking it day by day, like not not really expecting like a like a like a major life shift, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. When you moved here, like, uh, or when you came to Portland, you were only coming here temporary at, temporarily at first, right? So, like, yeah. you, you staying over just ended up being, like, a mistake. Or not a mistake, but just, like, something to do out of necessity, almost? Well, in 2020, now, it feels like a mistake, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but back then, it was... Uh, yeah, no, I... I I came in initially. It was like it was supposedly uh, for an exchange program. You know, it was like I came here to Portland. It was like six weeks. At the end of six weeks, I was the plan was to go back home. You know, that was that, that was it. So and then and then I ended up like I ended up having to take the decision to stay in Portland. 
uh, and just like apply for apply for asylum. And mostly it was due to the work that I used to do back home. I uh, I was really involved in like political activism and like I had a I had a radio show on Benghazi and like and I did a lot of like work with like uh, you know like when 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 the Arab Spring happened back in 2011 and like the Libyan Revolution and all of that. A lot of the work I used to do is I used to work with a lot of like journalists, you know, like anyone who came from the U.S., from the U.K., from whatever they came from. And they wanted someone who uh, who can do translation work for them or like take them to the front lines and, and do all of that shit. That was the I was one of the people that they people like would approach. They would they would come to. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, And obviously like that just kind of like put me under like the, uh, in the, in the light spot, you know, like I was like, I was working with a lot of, like a lot of like Americans and stuff. So, you know, like a lot of people were like, Oh, this guy like is like an, like an undercover agent. He's, he's working for as a spy for the U S government, uh, which was, I'm like, it was, it was, it was funny back then. Was like, I'm, I'm glad people think that I'm, I'm that smart, you know? <laughs> And you were only like 21, 22 at this time? Yeah, I was I was like 20, you know, wow. I was like very young. Yeah, uh so yeah, it was just it was just yeah, there was and then obviously like that was like I mean, I lived in Libya, so like you you know you you learn how to deal with these things like like what else am I going to do? I can't leave, I can't go anywhere. Uh and then yeah, and then like I I I hosted that radio show I told you about uh, and I did that for like for a while, and it was basically just like a like a, kind of like a free form kind of thing. It was like me and a co-host. We get together like every like three times, like three nights a week, and we just pick a topic about like whatever like something topical happening recently, and we just we just talk about it. And it was in English. It wasn't in Arabic. It was like the one of the. Yeah, it was like the only. It was like the only channel that was like uh, like did shows in English back then. And the reason we did it, it wasn't. It, it was obviously for for people to listen to who lived in Benghazi for sure. But the thing that was happening back then, there was a lot of like, I would say not like the media coverage of what was happening in Libya back then was not really good. It was uh, this like the stuff that you see in the news is not really what's happening on the ground. It's just like is whatever like the news interpretation of what was happening. So we decided that we're like, okay, we. We want the people who uh, who live outside of the U.S. who live outside of Libya who wanted to learn about like what's happening in Libya from the locals, they could listen to the show because like we 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 live streamed it uh, uh, online so like anyone can listen to it from anywhere they want, and we taken a lot a lot of calls from like on Skype and whatnot and like either like locally or internationally so. If anyone outside of Libya wanted to talk with us and ask us questions and whatnot, we would take we would take calls. If anyone from Libya wanted to call us, they would just like call us locally on the phone or whatever, and we, we would talk about to them what, about whatever. Uh, the show had like mixed mixed reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? it's like a ballsy show though, for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, a lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated hated it so much, you know, because uh, they were like. Yeah, because a lot of the topics they were like these are like taboo topics. You cannot talk about these stuff. You you're not supposed to talk about like like uh, what what is what is what are the shape of the government? Like, are we gonna have a secular government or are we gonna have like a Muslim government like we did before? Uh, like the military, like is it gonna be like it was like would it like have more control like it, it used in the past or like what would be 
or we, will we have like more like 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 civil institutions or like civilizations like they can like take care of this shit? Uh, like what is the constitution is going to look like? So we would ask a lot of like these these questions. Yeah, those are uh, huge questions, and I can see how, yeah. like some people in power would not like to have those uh, questions. Yeah, asked. yeah, and 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 obviously like after the uh, after the government was taken down and the revolution was happening, there were a lot of like small groups like in the making uh like like militias and 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 whatnot and and obviously every group had uh, had its own had its own agenda uh, like some of some of them wanted wanted libya to be like still like still like, controlled by like uh like religion but like in a like a like in a different way you know like it was just like you know like different sectors different stuff different like ideologies and each wanted their ideology to be the one uh the one taken over and and obviously like in in like the show we had like fuck it like we we don't want that like i mean like yeah 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 you practice what you want it's just like 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 i just want like regular constitutional laws that i can live by and for each their beliefs and stuff. It seems uh, that was kind of like the sentiment, like the prevailing sentiment of like most young people, especially like around the Arab Spring. Am I right with that? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then me and my co-host, we we started getting a lot, a lot of death threats, which which now which now is insane to me to to think about, but. We were 20 back then, so that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was like your rock star moment, eh? <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, I was like, hell yeah, man! Like, I, I have, I have people sending me death threats. That's, that's really cool. Uh, <laughs> that's actually like, kinda, for a 20 year old. Yeah. That's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, we kind of like doubled down on it, you know? Like, we were just like, we were just like every episode. We were just like take it like, make it like even worse, you know? We we're just. Or just like talk, like dig deeper. Like someone is like, don't talk, don't talk about that. We just like take it like, like even like further left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then eventually uh, the radio station was burned down. So uh, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Someone set it on fire at like two a.m. or three a.m. And then they were like, okay, we, I mean, we definitely need to stop now because we were like, we were scared or like we literally have no equipment. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I mean, like I, I went back to my work, and I was just like, just like doing translation work. I was like teaching English as well, uh, and I was in college. I was like in I was in med school, so I, I, I had so much going on back then. You know, I was like working on so many projects and doing so many things, and uh, and then and then and then like within like those like from 2011 to to 2014, like things started like getting. So getting worse and worse, you know, mm-hmm. both for like on on an individual level and like country wise, like things were just like getting like really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I again, I literally didn't know what to do. I was like, well, like I have a Libyan passport, you know, like I can't tra- like I literally cannot travel anywhere without a visa, and no one is giving me a visa. Yeah, you know, like. I, I just, I just, I, I have no way out. I'm just, I'm just stuck here. And, and that's when, when I, when I came to the U.S. on the program, again, like I wasn't even like, even when I got out, I wasn't planning to stay because like I had no idea what even an asylum meant. Okay. Yeah. Like, 
Because a lot of people are like, oh, did you move here? Like, and you want because you wanted to apply for asylum? I'm like, no, I just literally just wanted to hang out for six weeks and just go back. I was like, ha ha ha. Uh, ha. Uh, but then, then things got like even worse. Like when I came to the U.S., because as I said earlier, like as a Libyan citizen, it's very hard for you, like for anyone to come to the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and because I, I got accepted in 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 this in this exchange program, I got my visa in like two days. Because like it was just like it was just like I mean, like we we've already like run the background check. We've done all of that for the program. The visa is like an easy thing. Let's. So they just like stabbed me on my passport and I just like came to the US. Oh, sick. Uh, yeah, and uh, exactly. That's, that's, uh, that's what I thought too. Yeah, like, yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> but then, and then that kind of like had like a, like a, a negative effect on like uh, my, my reputation that was like already like tainted. Uh, oh, like uh, are you talking about your reputation back home or reputation? Yeah, yeah, now? yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you were like, they were like, we already thought this guy had ties with the U.S. government. Now you're telling me this guy gets a visa in two days and goes like on a program that is funded by the state, like uh, Department yeah. of State. That's just like there is something happening here. Uh, so the threats like went like triple. They were just like getting way more of them. Uh, and then like they were just like I had like people like come to my uh, to my house where my family lived because I lived more with my family back then. Uh, and kind of like just like asked him questions and they came and like searched my room and like took so much so many of my papers and my documents and stuff uh, and then I, I started getting calls from family and friends and they're like Mohan like don't like they don't come back like they I, I don't know what you can do holy shit but yeah but these people are looking for you and it, it's not looking good you know damn uh, and like even like my family had to leave the city like they moved to a new city and, and all of that so it was like I was like, I don't know what to do, man. This is this is crazy. Like, I literally know no one here, you know, and I don't know what my options are. Uh, and then one of the uh, one of the professors in 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 the program, he used to be a lawyer, and he was like, I have a friend who's an immigration lawyer. Let's let's go talk to her and see what we can do. And and at that time, I was like, I literally had like maybe like two or three days left on my like I'm like I'm not like. I have to make a decision now. Yeah. So I talked to her and she was like, yeah, I mean, you can like apply for, for like asylum. And she explained to me the whole process. And then luckily I got my visa extended like for like a month or two. Uh, so, so, so when I applied for asylum, I like, I had a visa and like, I was like here legally and all of that. So there was like no trouble and just like applying. Uh, but then, yeah, like literally I just had to make a decision. It was like, you, you, you're either going to stay here or you're going to go back. And this is, and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to, what am I going to do? Yeah. no. Uh, yeah. I don't have any jobs lined up. I don't have like, I don't have, like, I literally just have like a, a carry on that I brought with me uh, and, and that's it. That's like straight up, like just starting a complete new life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, how was that first, like, year or so in Portland, like, when you didn't know anybody? And, um, like, what was, like, uh, how was it, like, because, like, when did you find, like, comedy? Because I'm assuming that's probably a place that helped, like, find some, like, at least some community and, like, friends and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I I, I enrolled myself in college as well, like, when, like, three months in. 
uh, I got a scholarship like through Portland State, so I was just like, okay, I guess we're 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 doing this. Mm-hmm. So it it kind of helped, you know, like just like getting to know people from like classes and yeah, stuff, that and helps, like yeah, yeah, like having roommates and all of that. So kind of like it kind of like helped me a bit, just like keep it going. But the thing is, like the first like nine to ten months, like I wasn't even allowed to work at the time because like I needed to wait for my work permit, and that takes so long. Uh, so I was just like really just like burning into my savings back then. And I was just like, also like finding like odd jobs and like, uh, and I did a lot of like, I, uh, like a lot of like English, like, uh, kind of like one-on-ones, uh, like just like for students who were like, who were like, who were like coming to the U S kind of like to like learn English and then move to the, uh, after that, like move to like, set like their college courses and stuff. So there were, there were a lot of like students who were like, like from Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and like Dubai and like all of that, and they had so much money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which which was good for me, you know. It was good for my business. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was just I was I was kind of like tutoring them like in English and stuff like that, and and that kept me afloat for like few months until oh, I got nice. like my work permit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, I didn't really start doing comedy until like January of 2016. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was a big fan of comedy always, you know, I really love stand up comedy. I want but my, my whole thing is like, I, I always wanted to watch stand up comedy live. That was my whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I never had a plan of like, oh, I want to become a stand up comedian. That was not really a th- because I mean, like it's it's, I don't know what that that was gonna be like, you know. Like I'm I'm like, like I come from a different place. I don't know the culture. I don't know the city. I don't know anything. Like I, I kind of like I know, but I don't know. Like I don't know what's gonna make people laugh. I know what make Lib- like makes like Libyans laugh. I don't know what makes people here laugh. Uh, so I spent so much like spent like a long time just like doing a lot of like research, like just watching like this. You know, just going to local shows and like watching YouTube videos and like going to every show I can go to, like, and and then I taught, I took, I took a class, like a six week class or something, uh, just kind of to get me acclimated because I just wanted like, I just wanted some confidence, you know, like yeah, someone who can, yeah, someone who can be like, you can do this, here's some structure, yeah, and and just and then yeah, once once I finished the class, once I finished everything, and then. A month or two after that, I, I, I started, like, hitting the stage, like, started doing open mics. And then, you know, the process, like, just mm-hmm. started getting more shows and, like, and all of that. And, I mean, it, it, as you said, like, it gave me something, you know? Like, I started, like, making friends or, like, I have, like, kind of, like, something I can, like, talk to them about, you know, you know like, just comedians and, and all of that. And, like, it gave me somewhere to be, like, every night. So that was really cool. Like, I, like I said, like, I really started, like, feeling like I like being here versus just... Because like the first year, like the first year and a half, it was just it fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Like that sounds like such a such a harsh move, man. Like uh, like I yeah. like I remember moving to Toronto for the first time, and like it was rough, but like I still had a little bit of family, I had friends here already, and like I just couldn't imagine like going to yeah. a city that you might probably have never even thought about really, and then like all of a sudden you're exactly, living yeah. there, right? Yeah, you're like, what am I gonna do here? Like, what, like, am I gonna like have like what kind of job am I gonna have? Like, what is what is the plan here? I don't have any plans. I I don't know how anything works. 
but then yeah, comedy like gave me something. And obviously, like I didn't like I was like doing just retail jobs and like customer service jobs back then and like like I worked for like a tech company for a while. Like whatever I can like find, whatever I can like apply to, I just I just worked the job. And then it wasn't until like it wasn't really until uh I'm trying to think when I really got I think I think again January of 2019 that was like when I quit my job and I was just, I was just like I'm just going to like start doing this full time and see and see where it takes me uh and I mean it, and since then it's been it's been working well so I'm glad I I'm glad I made that move yeah man like hey you've had some great success and uh you're hilarious dude so like I hope people check out your stuff I uh, also uh you have a great TED talk out there um and uh yeah i'll make sure people can check that out too uh uh can you maybe like just tell us a little bit about your ted talk so like uh, in it you were kind of like explaining like uh kind of like how the story of like an immigrant coming here and like how they have like almost like a story kind of put on to their identity right and like uh can you maybe like elaborate on that a little bit just for our audience and then just maybe like actually share how that affects you yeah, because like I, so I lived in Portland, uh, Oregon, which is like a very liberal, very white city. So people are like have good intentions, but these good intentions can get like really, really tiring, you know. Mm-hmm. And with being an immigrant, a lot of like, you you kind of like have like, that's the only thing that people want to focus on, just like that one aspect of you that people just want you to talk, like kind of like, like everything you do is tied into that. It goes back to that. Uh, and I remember, like, even, like, when I was in college, like, whenever we talked about, like, whenever we talked about the Middle East or whenever we talked about, uh, like, immigration or, we, or, like, whatever that is, I I was kind of, like, the spokesperson for that, even though I've never lived in the Middle East. But, ha, 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 yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I've, I, I, I've, I've been there once. <laughs> and, and that's it, you know. Uh, so it, it kind of and, and 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 like and people just wanted me talk like like talk about it like it kind of like and it, I don't know, man. It was weird because like because people just wanted you to talk about like the most traumatic things that ever happened to you, and they just want that on the spot. Yeah, that's uh, that has to be rough. Yeah, exactly. Like like literally anywhere. Like I I could be out with friends. And someone would be like, oh, like someone would hear I'm from Libya or something, and they just want to talk about it. I'm like, I'm like, I just want to watch the game, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it it's just like, the, like, like I personally don't don't mind talking about it. Like, 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 let's say like a podcast like this, or like I have an interview or something. As as long as like I come expecting to talk about something, or then I don't have a problem. Like, I, like I don't care. Like, it's just like it doesn't really affect me to talk about it but it's just like it's it's always like having to remind people that there's a time and a place for these kind of things yeah a hundred percent and like don't you think like uh if it's almost like you kind of get defined by like that story a little bit right like absolutely yeah Uh, and the thing is like to people it's something exciting because like they've never heard something like this before Mm -hmm. uh but for me i've told this story a million times so it's not really exciting for me. Yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> like to me, to me, it's just like it's talking, like like it feels like I'm talking about someone else at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just like a story that I like, I know in the back of like my head. And it's like, I'm just like, I can literally be watching TV and like, just my brain knows the words and the, and the moves and everything. And it will just like tell you the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, it was kind of like the thing where like, I just like the TED talk was more, mostly like, like, st- like, like to stop defining people by like the, the one thing that you, you know about them. Mm-hmm. uh which is like the immigration story like like the bad things basically because like before 2011 i had 20 years of my life that were not that had nothing to do with war had nothing to do with the revolution it was just like pretty normal pretty boring shit yeah and then all yeah. of a sudden this just completely like defines you now where exactly yeah exactly and again like i like i, I like talking about it sometimes i i have some, it just like it depends on the time and the place and and, uh, and all of that. But again, like I like I like to talk about I like to talk to people about like comedy. I like to talk to people about like whatever TV shows I've watched the uh, the day before. What I, what I, what I've done over the week. Like there are so many things that I'm like I enjoy talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just like for the longest time, people just wanted to talk about that, and it sucks because like even for me personally, I. I started like bringing up these things myself because like I was, my brain was trained to the point where like this, this is the only thing people want to hear about from me. Yeah. So sometimes I would bring it up just to get it over with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Almost like uh, you're expected to, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I honestly, like it wasn't until I started doing stand up comedy. Uh, that was when I was like, I can literally tell people what I want to tell them. You know, mm-hmm. I should like stop telling people what they want to hear and just talk about the things I want to I want to talk about. Because, uh, I mean, you know, stand up like you, you're the only person talking and you're just like happy people like who listen to you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm like, fuck it. I can talk about whatever I want. I don't I like these people don't have a say in what I get to say. And just like next 10, 20, half hour whatever. You know, that, that's awesome that you like almost took back control of like your story almost. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when I have people like who are like talking to me about Libya or like talking to me about this, I'm like, I realize I'm like, oh, I can just say no. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, I, I'm like, so, or something. I'm like, I don't know, man. Look it up. Yeah. That's uh, great. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, why would I, why would I talk to you about? It? I'm like, I don't know, man. I want to do something else, you know. Uh, so yeah, once I like, I feel like once I hit that realization, like it made stuff way easier for me. Yeah, man. I would, yeah. Honestly, like that realization's huge. Like I've had it in my kind of way as well. Like, uh, especially like uh, I grew up in Alberta, so like I did like a lot of small town uh, shows around Alberta and stuff. So like, yeah, yeah. I, I always felt the need that I needed to kind of mention like me being brown, me being Muslim, like, that kind of stuff, and, like, have that being kind of part of my comedy act and shit, so, like, that's how I meant, but, like, eventually, like, uh, I did have that realization, like, hey, why the hell do I need to explain any of this shit? Like, the reason I got into comedy was, like, I followed guys like Chris Rock, George Carlin, like, guys like this who would talk about society and give their own takes, and I'm like, this is Exactly, yeah. Yeah, like, I want to do this, like, I don't need to fucking appease anybody, let's go and do this, and, like, it doesn't even matter if it's religion or skin color, like, I've seen, like, 
comedians who might be overweight thinking like oh i have to talk about this like nah fucking do absolutely when, when did you come up with that realization like did it hit you pretty quick or it, it it only like it hit me when i started like doing well in comedy like where i was like i and i kind of like would like would like because like sometimes like i would i when i first started like i felt like i had to talk about who i am and like my identity and like I have to mention that I'm from Libya and I have to mention uh, like I am an immigrant and I have to mention all of that. And then I started like writing jokes that had nothing to do with that and they would hit. And I was like, I literally can talk about anything. I'm like, and then it hit me. I was like, it's just like what I was like, I can make anything interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, I have friends who I talk to them about like whatever I want and I make them laugh. So I was like, why can I, can I, I can do that with people, you know? Mm-hmm. I can talk about whatever I I want, and he, like still in my comedy, I still like talk about all of these things. But I'm like, I talk about them the way I want to talk about them versus what I think people want to hear, uh, and That's and it helps a lot. Power, yeah. yeah, and it, it kind of like also like sets you apart from other people too, because like it makes you an individual with a unique identity. Because like you're talking about like your experiences versus the versus the experience that people expect from from immigrants. Because a lot of like a lot of people like expect like that you're here, you're very grateful, you you really love it, and you have like no complaints. This is a great place to be in. Yeah. And yes, you deal with racism and stuff, but it's just like you know these kind of like silly like stuff. People like ask you like, are you Mexican or like whatever, you know, like ah ha ha. <laughs> but then, but then I would like I start doing my comedy. I'm like I'm, I'm just like I talk to people. I'm like I fucking hate being here sometimes, you know. And this is what sucks about being here. And like. And I like go really hard on them, and I'm like, I'm like, if I'm making fun of me, I'm making fun of you as well, you know. So just like a give or give and take kind of thing. Uh, I love that. And, yeah, and and I mean, like once once you start doing that, like I started enjoying doing comedy more because I'm like, I I can talk about whatever I want to talk about without like without feeling like I'm I'm kind of like uh you know just what what I don't know I can't remember the word right now, but like, I I just don't feel like I'm being used. You yeah, know, as right. you know, uh, I can like just I I have control versus like giving people control, and that I mean that's a choice I I had to make and 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 I, like a realization I had to get to, and it sucks. There's a lot of people like I know, or like or like or watch or whatever. Like I feel like they still haven't hit that realization yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know these people, and I think they're very funny, uh, but. Like a lot of them are like still like, like no, this is what people expect from me, and this is what people want me to talk about. So I have to talk about these things. And if you go down that road, it takes away so so much authenticis authenticity like from your like uh, your just your performance. People can kind of tell you're playing into like what is expected of you. Exactly. Yeah, and I like and, and people will still laugh, but just like it's not it's it's not satisfying because a lot of like a lot of it is like very stereotypical as well. Yeah. Cause like I'm like I've like I'm like man I've heard that joke before like so many people have said it like yes brown people think this and that and like this is what your mom your mom sounds like and I just like <laughs> can I just, I'm like let's just fucking like like let I just want to know about you. who are you yeah you know like like tell me more about you I just want to like know more about you versus like what white people think about brown people like it's just like I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck what they think, you know? Like, why Why do they, they get to dictate everything? They get to do comedy the way they want to get to do it. And then they tell me how to do comedy? That's just too much, you know? Oh, of course. Um, so, like, 
right now you're writing on the Samantha B show right now. Are you? Is it still happening? Yeah, I'm a I'm a digital producer on the show, so I do a lot of like the the uh, like digital content that they produce. Oh, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still on it. That's I mean I've been on it till today. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like even just following you on social media and stuff, like you, uh, like a lot of your stuff, so funny about like how you talk about politics and like in America now yeah. and like so just like how you started in like 20 years old doing a radio show in Libya. And like, it seemed like you were very like politically active there and like really, really into like actually finding out like the truth or how people really feel. Like, is that kind of how now was translating? Like now that you're a comedian and like writing um, for like the show and writing online and all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I used to watch a lot of these shows before, you know, like even in Libya, like, so like, like late night shows and like uh like topical comedy and all of that that was like something i really was like really fond of uh so when i when i and but when i did my radio show when i did all of that it was kind of like a free form kind of thing so it was like a lot of riffing a lot of things but i i wasn't really writing much back then because mm-hmm. uh, i i just didn't know what how like how how to do that and i feel like that's 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 what what i was good for because it it really helped me a lot with like like making my writing like more sharp oh yeah and uh, like being able to just go like off on a tangent and just keep talking like that's such a hard skill to develop in itself absolutely yeah and 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 the thing with like with with twitter is like i mean generally the website sucks i hate it i wish i didn't have to use it but at the same time i it, it really helped me with like kind of like seeing a premise and coming up with two or three jokes on the spot. Uh, and that then translated to like late night TV writing and all of that. Cause like, that's, that's what it is. Like you have to react to the news as it comes by. Like it's very topical. It's very fresh and you have to do it before anyone else does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once you kind of like get that muscle going, it really, it really helped me a lot with like, just like writing and applying for these shows and like writing packets and doing all of that. Cause I, you can give me a premise and I can like come up with like something funny about it. So, uh, and I like it. I like it so much. It just like makes, it makes politics and news like less, I don't know, less annoying and just like, uh, like, like less insufferable. Yeah. No kidding. Like, how do you feel about like American politics now? That's like such an interesting time we're in. And like, uh, now you have to like be like watching that and being like playing such close attention to it. Like I, I, I mean, I, 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 man, I think it sucks. It blows. It's just the worst thing ever. You know, it's just, I, I honestly, like on a personal level, there's like so many reasons I, I want Donald Trump to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on professional reasons, I am so tired of uh, Donald Trump related comedy. Yeah. I, I, I hate writing jokes about him. I hate any topic. I just like, it's just like every joke is just like very tired right now and it's like been done and it's just so boring and I, and I really just hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like want something new. I want to go back to just like, like, I don't like, I don't like Biden. I don't like him, but I just like, I just want someone new to talk about. 
Yeah, and even if like uh, he comes in and he's like uh, not as funny, it might be even better just to like actually talk about like real issues. Like maybe you can just be like, "All right, I'm I don't give a shit about Biden, but like I actually care about this. Maybe we should like go yeah. for that kind of stuff." And I mean, like Republicans are going nowhere, so they're still gonna be there. Democrats are like not better when it comes to comedy. Like you can like make fun of. I think I think the thing with Donald Trump that like that made it hard is like it is very hard for me now to make jokes about like the Democrats or like or like Biden or like any of the shit that they do. They do a lot of terrible shit. Yeah. That I I I disapprove of. But you read it like the thing is like with, with Trump is like you make fun of Joe Biden, then you have right wing people agreeing with you and you don't want that. Ha, ha, they kinda ha, ha. they ruin the jokes, you know? I'm like, I want to make fun of him and then they were like, Yeah you get on board I'm like, I don't want you on my side. You know? Like no, I don't want so I just I'm like uh, man, just become the president so we can like just make fun of you, you know like yeah, and then like, uh, yeah, because it just seems like uh, they they take it as like an attack, like this guy's on my side, like <laughs> exactly. And then you, yeah, you have like these people on your side, and then you also like have like the blue wave liberals who are just like they resist people who are just like get so mad at you, and they're like you support Trump because you made fun of Biden, you blah, blah. and I'm like I'm just. I'm also over these people. I want them to disappear. I don't want to hear from them ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with their with their dumb jokes and dumb sense. like I I I'm like I tell people like if I had to listen to one more person called Donald Trump like like a Cheeto man or or like I'm just gonna die. Ha, 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 ha. That joke is so tired and I hate it. Like like you know like as comedians you're just like you're just like. Once you see a hack joke, you're just like, you get so frustrated with it. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm like, I hate Donald Trump with all of my heart, but also I hate this joke. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this joke a little bit more. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I hate bad writing. This is bad writing. And then like, like when something like that goes viral, I'm like, this is bad. Like, stop calling him orange. This is so bad. Like, it's been done before. (laughs) And yeah, and like, there's just so much of it. It's just like, Honestly, it's just too much that it gets to the point where everyone's, like, just kind of tuning it out almost, or, like, a lot of people are, which, like, that only helps Trump. Like, he he wants people to just tune out his criticism almost, right? Exactly, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, So, like, if you travel around America a lot doing shows and stuff, like, uh, it's like I haven't been to America in a while now, um, but, like, does it seem, like, as divided as the media makes it look? I I mean... It's, it's very hard to tell, you know, because like when I get booked on places, they know my kind of comedy is going to work wherever I'm booked, you know, so I can never tell. Honestly, I have no idea because it's just like I've never performed like in the deep south, you know, okay. I, I, I don't perform in like small town that is like mostly Republican because like they just don't book me. They know, they know my comedy is not going to work there. So I have no idea what these people feel about my comedy. Like I've. I've done shows in in Oregon that was like in like like red cities and stuff like that, and I mean honestly I didn't get like a lot of like backlash. I mean you can tell like people like sometimes like are very uncomfortable with the jokes you tell, mm-hmm. but like no one has like got a got a mad at me or like whatever. Maybe like once, and I had like people like leave the show before and like and and, and but like nothing that went like overboard, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh. But yeah, again, like they they don't book me. I have no idea, like because um, I'm like I'm not a, a, and some of them don't book me based on like not just my comedy. They just they like they see my name and see like they're like no, 
Yeah. We're not going to do that. We, it's like, yeah. not going to work here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're only doing white dudes here. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, hey, honestly, man, like, uh, I know what you're saying. Sometimes feels like that in Canada a little bit in some places too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, man. Like, I got to ask you the question. This is the name of the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> on it. God, yay or nay? Oh, I'm definitely going to plead the fifth on that. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, first time a fifth pleading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I feel like people who watch my comedy always ask that question because oh, yeah. they don't know. Yeah, and um, I, I like to just keep it vague. Uh, some like some some people just think I'm a big time atheist, and some people think I I uh, I talk about religion in my comedy because I, I I'm using it as a cover to spread Islam. Oh in the United God. States, <laughs> and I love both of these assumptions. You know, like I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm never gonna like I'm not gonna I'm, not, I'm never gonna tell anyone because I I personally like and and obviously it's not just for comedy purposes or anything. I just I just don't really care that much. Nice, nice. To in either way, you know, like I I I am not interested in getting people to not believe in God or believe in God. Uh, that's why it's funny when people think I'm using this as a cover to spread religion. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's like Because I'm like, it's like, man, if I think there's heaven and I'm going to it, I don't really care about taking everyone with me there, you know? Yeah, it's going to be crowded. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I treat, I, I treat it as like the, uh, the entertainment industry. There's like few spots for everyone. So I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to take everyone with me. You want to get that good comedy gig up in heaven, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. It's just it's just it's just very funny, and I get people ask me that all the time. Like, do you believe in God or not? I'm like, I don't know, man. All right. Maybe. I, honestly, maybe not. I, I love that answer. Uh, the first yeah. time I got that too, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so like, I guess because like you were talking about your radio show and stuff, I guess in one sense, so like you have always kind of promoted like a kind of secular, like uh separate like religion and like state kind of thing though. That's kind of like an idea you always promoted. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, especially like in whether like, whether it be Libya or the US, it's just like, it's just like you have so many different religions here and so many like that. So it's just like, like even, even if we wanted to rule by like, like have like religious beliefs involved in the state. Which religious beliefs are we talking about? You know, are we talking about uh, Judaism? Are we talking about uh, a Catholic, the Catholic faith? Are we talking about Islam? Are we talking about like, there are so many different religions here. So I just feel like, are we going to pick one and just like force it on other people? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's crazy. So, so to me, it's just like, I don't know, man, whatever you do at your home, I don't care or your place of worship. But don't don't put that in the laws. Like I don't really, I don't really care what the Bible says about uh, like abortion or whatever. I'm like I, I'm like if I don't believe in the Bible, why does that mean anything to me? Yeah. You know, like I'm like I don't I don't. Well, you don't abort your kids, I guess. That's just your personal belief. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, did did you ever like find any similarity between like um like the people who kind of promoted an Islamic state in uh, Libya and like Absolutely. people like the evangelists in like uh, America right now. Absolutely, man. It is the exact same. It's the exact mentality. Exact. There are so many panels draw. They are the same. Like like these people, if they get to know one another, they would like form a, like a, a good coalition. You know. Yeah. They would realize that they really have so much in common. 
Yeah, damn. Yeah, that's kind of scary too. Like, uh, I guess like because you've kind of probably seen it in Libya, and then you come here and you can see it too, and you're just like, oh, it must be Dude, it's, it's, frustrating. It is the same. Yeah, yeah, it is the same. Whether it be religion or whether it be like the way people think about the pandemic or the government or like there's so many similarities that you can like draw like so many parallels that you can draw between like it's just like i mean like the extremist mentality no no in in like it's it's the same anywhere it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are you know it just comes in different shapes and forms but at the root of it it's just it's just the exact same Oh damn, man! Yeah, that's fucking. Uh, that's a little crazy, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, all right. I wanted to ask you, like, uh, you got on. Uh, you did a show on Conan O'Brien uh, back in the day. Uh, Conan's my favorite uh, late night guy. Uh, how was that? Like, uh, when did you uh, figure out you were going to be on Conan? And like, how long were you into your career when that hit? Well, I. It was kind of like a long process because, like, at first I had to kind of like. There's a, a lot of like back and forth. Because uh, first I was I was asked to come audition in like 2018 in like New York. It was like a Conan comics to watch, so they picked ten people. I came to New York. I did like a like a showcase, and they taped it and everything. And then, and that was like late 2018. And then I haven't like heard anything back until like maybe like January or February or something. And even then, they were like, "We want to have you on the show, but we're not still we're still not sure when." Uh, so there was a lot of like back and forth or just like, like also like we kind of like had to, we, we kind of like had to set a set in stone, you know, like, cause like obviously like before, before you do the set on Conan, they have to know exactly what jokes you're going to tell. Mm-hmm. So me and the booker JP, like we, we were like talking and like what happened was that I, uh, they would like send me like, I'm like, let's, let's cut this. Let's, let's do this. Let's, can you like send us a recording of you doing this new joke? And like, so, and it wasn't until like, I didn't know until like August of that year of 2019, uh, they were like, Hey man, we have a, we have a spot in two days. We want to fly down days. to LA. Yeah. They're like, do you want to fly down to LA? And I was like, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to cancel everything. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in two days. I'll just, I'll just have to cancel everything and just travel. Uh, and then, yeah, I went to LA like the, the next day and I had like one day to prepare, like, and by prepare, like I literally didn't even know what, what I was going to wear on stage. Wow. Uh, so I remember like on, it was, it was insane. Cause like on the day of the show, I was supposed to be at the, st- at the studio at like 3 PM. So like to do, to prepare and do all of that. And I remember like I woke up at 10 AM and I literally like went shopping Jesus, like for some clothing. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was insane. Like, cause like, I when I when I go when I go to like a clothing shop when 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 the people inside ask me like if I need any help, I I always say no. Except this time, I'm like, yes, I would love some help. <laughs> and I would like really like explain to everyone like I'm, I'm gonna be on Conan tonight, and I like really need something to wear. I need like jeans and. And like I remember, like that was the only time like I bought stuff. Like I didn't even add, like it just looked good. I was like, I'm not. I don't care how much it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just put that shit on my card. I don't care. I just, I just, I'm just really, really like I was like very stressed out. And then yeah, I remember like I got t-shirt, like like jeans and like like just like a new sneakers and stuff like that. And I just like went to the hotel, took a, took a quick shower, and then 
they had someone pick me up and like went to the studio and it was it was it was surreal it was like so fucking like it was just like it was insane you know just like seeing conan and seeing like the place and like i because i i used to watch conan in libya you know mm-hmm. and i was like and i never in my life thought i would make it on that show like it wasn't even a dream that i had mm-hmm. so just to find myself like just like just like like being backstage and like being introduced on stage and like being on like being there and just like seeing people it was just like it felt like i was in a movie it was like none of it was real you know oh i bet uh and it was good it was i i mean the set went well like i think the only thing i didn't anticipate is like how close andy and conan sit next to you you don't see them on camera but they're very close like i can hear them oh are you kidding me yeah yeah they're like like they're like standing like right next to me like sitting neck right next to me oh, and that was shit. that was that that it was stressful at first but then it really helped because like the first the first laugh i got from conan and andy I, i really felt very comfortable back then like then oh i bet like that would be like such a like amazing feeling like it's always like even as a comedian i know whatever you like you're a comedian you respect like laughs at your shit all of a sudden you're like nice <laughs> like all right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah exactly because once i got my first laugh i was like oh okay this is just stand-up comedy i've done stand-up before you know so i can do this and yeah once i got my first laugh i was just like yeah we're good to go man this is i've done this a million times before it's just gonna be like every time uh and I, i felt well and i mean conan was like very nice like we talked like after and he like he had like specific comments about like stuff that i did in my set so like and it was very nice to be like oh so he was like clearly like listening and watching and all of that uh and i felt good i mean i really felt very happy about it and uh luckily it wasn't it wasn't it didn't it didn't like the episode wasn't for that night it was the next day So I got to go back to Portland and like watch it with my friends. Like, at the, uh, like we like I went to like the uh, Helium Comedy Club, the home club in Portland, and like I had like people come over and like we watch it all together at the club. So that was really, oh, it was really yeah. cool. It was like yeah. yeah, one of the coolest things I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a no, that's such a cool experience, just especially with like the whole like comedy community in Portland being able to come. Yeah. And check it out too. All right, man. Like that was awesome. That was our time, dude. I uh, thank you so much for uh, thank you, man. On. Appreciate um, it. Um, yo, uh, tell our audience uh, where they can find you or anything you want to promote. Feel free to do it now. Yeah, man. I just, uh, I guess, just follow me on Twitter. You know, just Mohanad Al Shaki. That's 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 where I'm at. Sweet. Always. Yeah, yeah. No gigs now until further notice. So, but yeah, keep an eye on my social media. That's where I promote everything. All right. Uh, thanks so much, man. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. All right, that was this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. It really does help. And also check me out on social media. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at NewerKidY. On Facebook, it's Comedian. I'm constantly putting updates about the podcast when new ones come out. I put up podcast clips. And uh, yeah, I also put up comedy stuff, comedy dates, comedy clips and different stuff like that so uh, you can come check out have a laugh and get keep up to date on the podcast until next time this is another episode of god yay or nay